Namaste, Anita. Namaste. Uh, I would like to kick off our conversation today with the traditional chant with which we start each class. Let's join our hands together in front of our heart, Pranamudra. We're going to chant Om three times on each exhale. Take a deep inhale. That was a lovely rendering, Anita. Um, welcome to episode three of Candid Conversations with Waifu Yoga. In our previous episodes, we've been uh, exploring myths, misconceptions around practice of yoga, the mindsets with which we need to approach yoga. Today is gonna be all about the daily practice. Before we go into the episode, uh, could you talk us through the meaning of the chanting that we just did, Anita? Yes. This is a prayer that we actually start our daily classes with. So this is a salutation to Sage Patanjali, who is considered to be the proponent of the Yoga Shastra. So this prayer translates to, I bow my head in salutation to Sage Patanjali, who gave us Yoga Shastra for cleaning the impurity of the mind, who gave us grammar of Yakarna for cleaning the impurity of speech, and who gave us the signs of Ayurveda for cleaning the impurities from our body. So we are actually bowing and offering a gratitude to save Patanjali who gave us all these tools and techniques to help us improve all parts of our life. And traditionally in ancient India, as you know, there is a very sacred relationship between a guru and a sishya, that is a teacher and a student. So we begin each class by thanking Sage Patanjali considered to be the teacher or guru of the yoga shastra by offering this prayer. So yoga shastra is an ancient practice. Talk to us a little bit about evolution of yoga itself and how it's adapted itself to modern living. So researchers have um, come to a conclusion that yoga is almost 10,000 years old, while some out of the school of thought that it's 5,000 years old. Whatever it is, it's quite an ancient uh, science that has been given to us. So traditionally, when we read about the history of yoga, we can divide it into different periods, like the pre-Vedic period, the Vedic period, and then the classical yoga, and then coming into the Hatha yoga, the post-classical yoga, as we call it, and the current one, which is the modern-day yoga. So each period is been uh, in each period there have been gurus or proponents who have practiced different forms of yoga. So today we've largely practiced the offshoot of classical yoga. The classical yoga is the one which has been given by Sage Patanjali, where we talk about the eight limbs of yoga or the Ashtanga yoga as we call it, and all the other forms of yoga have evolved around it. So if we look at modern yoga, 
we say the hatha yoga which is basically a part of the raj yoga which is given by sage padanjali and in today's modern context we have iyengar yoga we have ashtanga yoga which has been uh, given by shri patanjali joel and then we have swami vekananda who propagated the modern um, yoga that we are following now so different schools of yoga branched out from that um a, a very uh, sort of important modern practice um which is part of many schools of yoga is uh, intention setting and affirmations talk us a little bit uh, talk us through a little bit about this practice and uh, give us some examples of how to go about doing this okay uh, traditional forms of yoga did not uh, have any particular intention setting as such because it was when you read about the history of yoga and the ashtanga yoga as we say the eight limbs of yoga each limb itself was an intention or focus that was set when you went embarked on a yoga journey but considering our modern lifestyle and the distractions that are around us this is an important technique which people have developed over time to anchor you to the practice so when you set an intention at the beginning of your class it is a thought that you can come back to during the course of your practice when your mind wanders and you can bring yourself back to it ground yourself stay on the mat stay present with your practice so an intention setting can range from a single word to any sentence or any affirmation that can cross your mind on that particular day sometimes the teacher sets the intention for you at the beginning of your class if you're practicing with your teacher so i like to set intentions like moving mindfully with your breath be present with your practice free yourself of all judgments do not compare yourself with anybody when you're doing your practice so these are some of the ऑक्सीजन pollution free uh, nature of the environment there's no sound there's a dental calmness everywhere you are up after a rested night of sleep but uh, that is the ideal thing that you would want to do but considering our lifestyles and the job pressures that people have it might not be possible for everyone to actually start doing their practice the first thing in the morning so you can practice yoga at any time of the day as long as you've not had a heavy meal right before your practice so give at least 2 to 3 hours gap between your meal and your yoga practice uh in terms of daily practice is it okay to practice while you're having your periods um and another common question can you practice yoga during your pregnancy and what about when you're recovering from surgery there is no hard and fast rule of not practicing yoga during periods so it is basically dependent upon the individual listen to your body see how you are feeling coming to pregnancy prenatal yoga is a separate uh, specialization so check with your teacher if they are qualified to teach prenatal yoga and uh, second is always seek medical advice before you embark on any kind of practice or exercise during your pregnancy and uh, ideally people will recommend a gentle practice 
in the first trimester when actually things are developing and forming. You don't want to put too much pressure on your abdomen or stomach. So be gentle with yourself during that time. But again, if you've been a person who has been practicing yoga for a long time, then it's, you can do whatever you've been doing. There are people who even do handstands and headstands right up to the ninth month of pregnancy. So it depends on the individual and their lifestyle. And coming to your next question of people who had surgeries or injuries. First, always, as always, seek medical advice. Get the clearance from the doctor before you embark on any kind of exercise or yoga, whatever that you want to do. And inform your teacher that you have these conditions so that she can she or he can suggest modifications for you so that you can practice without injuring yourself. Thank you. Um, my next question is, what should a daily practice consist of? Uh, I personally uh, have some breath work, uh, a bit of intention setting, uh, sometimes meditation, uh, but Surya Namaskar always. And depending on how much time I've got in the day, uh, I put in other asanas depending on uh, how my body feels. Uh, I have a desk job, so I'm sat around a lot. So there's a, a, a bunch of stretches that I try and incorporate as part of my daily practice. What else would you recommend should be part of people's daily practice? So there is no a standard hard and fast rule to say that, you know, this is all you have to practice every day. But considering from my own experience and what I've learned from my teachers, I would say that including a little bit of breath work and meditation is very important as a part of your practice. So start with some gentle pranayams like Anulom and then some energizing pranayam like Kapalvati to help you set the tone for your practice. Always, always warm up before you embark on the practice. So Sukshma Vyayam as we call. Specifically, if you're practicing yoga as the first thing in the morning, you might be having a lot of stiffness and tightness after a deep night's sleep. So let your body get that time to actually open up and warm up before you do your other practices. So I would suggest start with some uh, breath work, follow it up with maybe at least five minutes of meditation or just sit there and home chant and then uh, do your sukshma vyayam or warm up. Follow it up with Surya Namaskar. I would consider including Surya Namaskar as part of an everyday practice. And I think it's, it's an excellent way to actually prepare your body for whatever asanas that you are planning to do for that day. And then depending upon at what level you are and how long you have been practicing, you might want to focus on different parts of the body. Suppose you're working towards a peak pose. For example, if you want to work towards a split or a Hanuman asana. So obviously you're going to focus more on opening up your lower body. So you will work on a sequence of asanas which will help you to build strength and flexibility into those parts. Suppose you're working on inversions or arm balancing, then you're going to start by working more on the upper body, warming up your shoulders, your wrists, your hands. So it depends upon what you want to do that week. So, and regarding how long you should practice, again, that's depending upon how much time you have. And there are people who, who practice other forms of exercise as well, like gymming or they go to swimming or uh, running. So whatever, make yoga as the last thing that you will practice. Suppose you're including some kind of cardio or gymming. You want to practice yoga after it because it will give you more benefit because it will stretch you out and actually relax you from all the strenuous work that you have done. Uh, thank you for that. Um, 
I would uh, like to sort of sum up our episode with the closing prayer. What is a typical closing prayer that uh, uh, you encourage your students to have at the end of a practice? So there are many uh, chants that we can do as a closing prayer. So the closing prayer generally uh, is one where we pray for the health and peace and prosperity of everyone and everything around us. Yoga is very inclusive. It does not um, limit itself only to human beings. We pray for the universe. We pray for all creatures in the universe. We pray that we hear and listen to only good things. We pray that we have positive thoughts in our mind. So these are some things that we include as part of our closing prayer. The usual closing prayer that I chant at the end of our classes. So let's again place our hands in pranamudra in front of our heart. Taking a deep inhale, let's chant Om. Sarve Bhavantu Thank you so much, Anita. Uh, I'm just going to take the chance to quickly summarize all the great points that you uh, gave us today. It's about focusing on uh, the purity of the mind, body, and speech. Uh, it is about uh, setting the right intentions uh, to have a positive outcome as part of your practice, practicing as much as your body allows and being kind to yourself and listening to your body. And doing the practice first thing in the day is highly recommended. Uh, so thank you so much for talking us through the brief history of yoga and what we should be doing as part of our daily practice. Uh, in case you want to learn from Anita and you want to uh, uh, practice with her, please reach out to her on Why for Yoga. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. It was my pleasure indeed. Namaste. Namaste.